Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. And there we are, folks. Welcome to 2022. How did that happen? It's the first show of the year. And welcome to Fight Club, everybody. We are so happy you're here. Hi, everybody. I've missed your beautiful faces. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Year. (laughs) So excited. Welcome Welcome to the first Fight Club of 2022. Super excited to be back with everyone. If you're first time viewer, gonna go through a little bit about the show. We are a show for home service business owners, and we're looking to improve your marketing, your finances, your system, and your culture. And we're a team of self-employed industry experts. And this week, we get to be joined by Travis. So excited to have you, Travis, on the show. If you could just give our listeners just a brief introduction of yourself and your business, that would be so awesome. Oh, thank you, Taylor. Yeah, so my name is Travis Rossback, and I was born in Salem, Oregon, and took off down to the U.S. Virgin Islands at a, at a pretty young age, became a boat captain, dive master, dive instructor, came back to the States, um, started flying. I became a commercial airline pilot. I flew seaplanes predominantly down in the Caribbean. Um, moved up to Florida and became a a charter jet pilot, did that for a while, but my passion was always business. And so I moved back home to Oregon and started bend fencing after a bottle of wine and no idea what that meant, (laughs) digging holes in the frozen earth. And I did that for a fair while and then sold it and moved out to Oahu, um, started a few businesses out there, um, signs, screen printing, embroidery a business kind of an agency like that and then the idea for a double wall vacuum insulated stainless steel water bottle came and so I started um, a water bottle company called hydro flask did that for quite a while grew it <laughs> pretty 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 dang big and then <laughs> uh, uh, kind of retired off that and um, went back to my my true passion which is traveling and exploring the the earth and um, and now I, I I have some property and I'm so I'm doing lumberjack stuff, cutting trees and um, raising my daughter and um, talking to you women on, on uh, the middle of the night out here in Oregon. Yeah, oh, I love it. I love it. It is the middle of the night. You know, these two Floridians have blue skies, and Travis and I are looking at dark, dark yeah, night yeah. still. <laughs> dark dark night well you've definitely got the lumberjack look going so i can yeah and the button down we've got we've got the whole marketing covered there so um loving that it it does keep me warm and it keeps the snow out uh so i find it you know it really is every once in a while i'll I'll get kind of schizophrenic and cut it off and then boy do i regret it <laughs> Let it come so there back. is logic behind beards if there's one thing you learn today on fight club there is logic yep. Just ask Eric Kelly. Apparently, Eric Kelly says you are doppelganging him today. Eric Kelly is down in the lobby today, and I told him I'd drop his name. He's a good business owner and awesome guy with a massive beard, and he's our famous uh, Conquer Beard guy here in Conquer. So I love it. He's come down from Canada (laughs) twice in like 
less than four weeks. Yeah, that's amazing. amazing. After not seeing him for like two years, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's here. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. Well, everyone, um, so excited to have you, Travis. Thank you for giving your brief introduction. Uh, my name is Taylor Maroney. I co-own a power washing company in sunny South Florida. Um, as Megan likes to refer to my non-cold loving self. <laughs> and I, my passion lies in marketing. So I love having business owners understand the analytics behind it and how to make better decisions based upon those numbers and the data that gets presented to them from marketing companies. So I'm super excited to have you on today and talk all things marketing and welcome to Fight Club. Thank you. Sorry, I'm, I'm the note taker. And uh, so if I'm ever like multitasking, that's why I'm trying to take quick show notes. Uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Fight Club. My name is Megan Likes. I am the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online, where I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I also own Likes Accounting Company, a full service accounting company where I can do the bookkeeping and all those nasty accounting related tasks. And I own Jeff Likes Clean Windows and Gutters with my husband, Jeff, in Northern California, a window cleaning and gutter cleaning cap company. And I am super excited to be back and really excited to meet Travis. And I'm really glad that he's saying it's Vildenite because I feel like I say this every week and nobody listens to me. So <laughs> thanks for backing me up. Uh, and uh, welcome back to Fight Club. Hey guys, everybody, this is Michelle Myers and I am in Florida. Tay, you and I need to get together while I'm in the same state. Please come see me. Um, and I am excited to be here. My husband and I co-own a remote admin services company called Pink Collars, and we can help you with CSRs or office managers or anybody that you need to help do all of that customer care in your business remotely. And it's one person that works on your business every day. So I'm excited to be here, Travis, and Hank can't wait to ask you all kinds of systems questions because I have a feeling you may know a little bit about how to bring something from zero all the way to reality. And that takes a lot of systems. So happy to be here and welcome to Fight Club. Thank you, Michelle. Nice and lastly, my name is Martha Woodward. I am, as of 2022, the former owner of Dusting Divas. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know that. But uh, anyway, it was good to me. It's really, well, I won't say more. Um, <laughs> I, will, I will say I'm very happy about it. And um, I am the current owner of Quality Driven Software and Culture First helping people build happier workplaces. So I haven't left that. <laughs> Just dropping a bomb on us, started the show. I, I know. know. Exciting. I know. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to Dana. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, so Travis, I'm actually going to take you first and we're going to go through some marketing and I was thinking about how I wanted to approach marketing with you today. And really, I want to just talk about what you love about marketing because marketing can be so different across different platforms, right? From marketing a product like Hydroflask to working as a lumberjack, as you're doing now, you're marketing a service. So what are some of your favorite techniques when you are marketing, whether it be a product or a service that you're working with? Yeah, it's, it's a, such a, it's a, it's a very diverse category for me. Marketing is, is a big ass umbrella that has multiple <laughs> facets underneath of it. There's branding, which is a subcategory. You know, there's guerrilla marketing, which is probably one of my favorite parts of, of marketing. I, I really appreciate the hustle and the, the small business um, 
just you, you gotta be you gotta be scrappy and and that's <laughs> to me that's where guerrilla marketing comes in and and so I, I i'm gonna leave it with my favorites probably guerrilla marketing Oh, fun. Okay. This is going to be a fun topic. That's my favorite too. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to dive into guerrilla marketing today then. So for me, I've worked in a couple different marketing companies and I have done some guerrilla marketing for clients and it's really fun to do. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can approach it. Um, I can speak from my experience. One of the ways I approached it was through Facebook and through Facebook groups. There's so many groups that are on Facebook, so many networks that are created and communities that you can really be able to dive into each one of these communities if you have the right person behind that keyboard. So for example, if your husband owns a pressure washing company or a service business like myself, and we don't have kids yet, but hopefully in the future, we get to have that awesome opportunity. I'm going to be diving hard into mom groups. Those are some of the greatest groups that you can work with if you do um, have a spouse in the business and you are um, do you do have a family because your wife can be able to connect with these other moms on such a real level and be able to give them an opportunity to know that, yes, there is a service business in your area. They are family run. We are a family ourselves, and we like to provide this service for families to make your life easier. So that's kind of one way that I've approached guerrilla marketing in the past for some clients um, I've worked with. What's one of your kind of favorite guerrilla marketing techniques that you use? Well, I neither have a husband nor do I have Facebook. Um, <laughs> so what I've done is, I, I think with the with the fence company, we started bend fencing here in Bend, Oregon, and it was it was a lot of door hangers. We mm. would go by, and if if you have a fence. And it and I didn't like your fence or it was falling down or in need of repair, you got a door hanger. If you had no fence, it was quite simple. You got a door hanger. And I think for me, working with very little resources um, sort of instills instilled and instills a, a necessity to do kind of guerrilla marketing-esque things, um, you know, for very little to no money. And um, even like I remember one of the one of the coolest things that happened was at um, we were at a, a very large expo with Hydro Flask, and I noticed that all the security guards were just wearing normal boring security shirts, and so I had quickly had printed security with our logo on it, and so every morning before the show, I'd walk through and methodically hand out T-shirts to all the security and all the staff that would actually take one. And, and they would ask me like, Oh, are we supposed to wear this? And I, I just would hand it to them like, Hey, Hey man, this is just my job. Just put on your shirt. And so they'd put it on and sure enough, it took them about four days to figure out that, wait a second, they're wearing a branded shirt from one of the companies, but man, we got publicity. So everybody who walked through the door thought <laughs> we'd paid for that. So I like that kind of stuff. (laughs) I love that. I absolutely love that. Such a smart way to go about getting your brand out there. And especially at a convention. I mean, there's so many ways you can really be able to grill a market at conventions. And um, for as far as working with, um, I know you've coached sometimes in the past as well. That was something you did mention a little bit. So when you coach clients, how do you kind of go about their first steps within marketing? Is that something that maybe they do start with Gorilla? Because normally when business are starting out, funds 
are not always very strong. So it's something that they can be able to control money wise, which Megan will definitely be talking about you sh with you shortly. Um, or do you kind of guide them towards more a traditional route of, or I should say traditional, but more of a aggressive marketing campaign with going towards, you know, Google ads or some type of marketing company in general? Well, I, I think that in order to have a successful marketing campaign, you, you need to be very successful at, at branding prior. And so I think building, building a brand falls under that aforementioned umbrella as, as I see it in my head. And so having that strong brand and that br strong brand presence and awareness and knowing what your brand is, I think that lends itself very well to going into marketing. And then, yes, looking at your budget and how much money do you have or not have um, is a big factor as to how much you can spend or what you can do. And without a whole lot of money, word of mouth is still huge, um, you know, and, and, and getting things printed little four by eight index cards and putting on people's windshields is it, it doesn't happen as much as it used to, which makes me believe that it has a greater impact now than it used to when people would be known, you'd show up at your car and there's some flyer leaflet and you're, Oh, what is this? And you throw it away. Now, if you see that it can be quite effective because people just don't do that. They don't, so. not anymore. That's so true. Oh, I love this. And as far as, um, I guess my last question, I want to talk about a little bit of a difference in marketing a product because some companies do, um, that do listen, do market potential products within their business that they've built for their service industry. Um, so this is a topic we don't really get to talk about very often. Um, and you are definitely the king of it when it comes to talking about Hydroflax. So as far as marketing a product, how different is that than marketing a service in your opinion? Whew, that's a good question. I think it's it's fairly similar, but it's also fairly different. Having a product, you got to get the product out there. You have to get the product into as many hands as possible to utilize it and get the feedback, which the feedback's a whole nother topic. But to get the product out there, influencers nowadays need to get your product. To have a service, it's it's it. You have to also have the influential people have your product or service. A service is kind of a product in that respect. Is you have to have. Yeah, I, I it's same same but different. I agree, and I I completely agree with what you're saying in regards to the influencer world we're living in right now. You know, every industry does have an influencer for that industry. And finding that person is very key or persons, I should say, people, not persons. English is not working today, Taylor. Um, but finding those people are super critical to a product campaign because you'll see now that in working with influencers, they're able to reach markets that you might not have on your product yet and be able to get that out there to a mass of people that you're, you're not even knowing are there. So every, like I said, every system or excuse me, every service, every business, every product has some form of market and knowing that market and knowing who you're wanting to get that to and what influencers can be able to help you get into that market and really bring that product to life is very essential. And I think of, you know, an example for a service industry would be someone who does make a soft wash system. I think of that for, you know, the pressure washing world. There are 
you know, individuals out there that are making soft wash systems that are putting things together. And in working with them and working with influencers, you can be able to really get that product out to more pressure washing companies than you could ever think of before, because you don't know who might be following that person on social media. So I completely agree with everything you're saying there. And they are similar, but they are a little bit different in how you want to approach your your avatars and your market brand. Well, and the, the influencers in any category could be very different, obviously, like in the pressure washing world, you may have an influencer that is sort of the middle of the neighborhood and, and, and everybody knows that person in the middle of the neighborhood because they're the busy body. They're the ones who knows everything that's going on and they're the ones out front with their notepad taking notes. You get them as a customer and you keep them happy pretty soon. That influencer kind of spreads your message. It, I, I'd like to, there was a book, I think it's called like the purple cow or something, but they said that um, basically you want sneezers. You want, you want infectious people that are going to go out and sneeze and spread your message for you. So you want, you want these infectious people and they might be, um, I'm, I'm thinking of one in particular person in, in a neighborhood when I lived in a neighborhood and sister, she was a busybody. She knew everybody and everybody knew her and she would have been that influencer for a pressure washing company. I can imagine. I love that. That's so true. You can actually use, you can absolutely use the clientele you have to be able to promote a service just like you would a product. And that is so true. And referrals are so near and dear to every service business's heart. Um, and I could talk about this all day. I absolutely can. And I appreciate your feedback on everything. Apologize for the barking pug who I now have to hold. Um, <laughs> but I can, I really love the differentiation between product and service. But at the end of the day, they are very similar and there's really similar ways you can approach it. So thank you so much, Travis. And I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to Megan so you guys can talk a little bit of finances. Uh, oh that's awesome. I was just thinking about how I got a slew of nice job reviews yesterday and I like Google reviews and I'm I'm not sure if it was like the holiday and they kind of like Google took the weekend off and then they all like queued up and hit yesterday morning or I'm not sure what the algorithm was, but I will tell you that it's interesting. Sometimes we don't know when we're working for an influencer. Sometimes you don't know when you've like hit that target client until nice job. I freaking love how, how seamless this is, but nice job collects the review from them and then posts it to my Facebook. And then those are the posts that get the most traction because people know that name, right? Because that person is popular. And then when they share their review that our, our like company posted, to their network and it gets even more traction. It's so cool. Have I said lately how much I like nice job ladies? And they make it so pretty and so appealing to anyone on social media, which is another, I mean, for me, marketing crazy person over here, I love, because now it's not just, you know, a blanket review that's up there and just text writing, you know, they attach pictures, they make it appealing to the eye, which really makes, when you're like you're saying, those influencers do go ahead and share those they want to know what this awesome picture is in regards to this review. So I can't agree with you more on that, Megan. I'm so excited for you that you got so many reviews. <laughs> I mean, it was like four or five star Google reviews yesterday. I'm like, wow, happy new year to us. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> but I will say that uh, we're very lazy with this. So we don't even have pictures and it still works. So, you, you know, new year's resolutions will attach pictures, will make them look prettier, but the system is working, which is what I like about it being a system. And you can get nice job if you're interested, get.nicejob.com. And our code is FC4, number 4B, for $50 off. Woo! 
Yay. Okay. So Travis, I am like the queen of saying I don't spend any money on marketing. So I was sitting back here, like really digging your guerrilla marketing. And I was totally the girl that was like zero ad spend on marketing. How can we guerrilla market this? So, um, I did a little bit of stocking, not a lot, just a teeny tiny bit, uh, to hear a little bit about your origin story. And I was hoping you could share a little bit with our audience about how the beginning days of Hydroflask were um, for you in terms of sales and in terms of like taking this idea, taking this passion, serving this need that you had internally and then taking it to market. And like, can you just talk us through that? And like, I bet you could talk about this for the entire hour, but I'd like you to like keep it to like two to three minutes. And then where we're going to head with this is um, helping some of our listeners go through a similar process. Yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah, from the time I kind of, I, I had a sort of a vision, it was sort of a download that I saw a double wall, you know, vacuum insulated stainless steel water bottle, which was the darndest thing. I was running a, a sign company and um, I, I just knew that I had to get it made and we don't, manufacture in america like we used to so that meant i had to go to china so figured out how to get to china and figured out you know um navigating china wasn't wasn't real easy but you know the, the powers that be it helped get me to where i needed to be and we found a great factory and got the first three thousand bottles and they just sold really quickly people had never seen we did not have such technology at that time and so the fact that they worked really helped sell themselves we would have people come in and they'd buy one and it was a bit of a stretch there were 20 dollars. it wasn't cheap to buy a you know a, a water bottle back then it was 19.99 and 24.99 depending on the size and so they would buy one sort of reluctantly skeptically they'd take it home it would work and their family members would steal it from them. Their friends and family would take it and use it. And then they would come back the next weekend. We were up at Portland Saturday market on at the Burnside bridge out by the railroad tracks. I love that market. Bottle. Yeah. That's a yeah, fun market. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we, originally they wouldn't let us in. They said, no, nobody's going to buy water bottles. There's no reason for you to be here. Go stand by the train tracks and you can do that, but that's it. And so the first weekend we sold some and sure enough, they went home and they worked. And so people came back the second weekend and we had a line around the block and it went past the manager's office and she got pissed. She's like, why are all these people out here? Well, they're buying the water bottles. Nobody buys water bottles. And sure enough, there we were <laughs> hawking water bottles for yeah. 20 bucks a pop. So she moved us inside of the, inside of the proper market. And it, it sort of just took off from there. Um, in uh, probably two, three months in, we had an article in the local Bend Bulletin, and we were at Munchin Music, which is kind of this movie theater, outdoor movie thing uh, Bend does, and we got our first sales rep, and that's when things got really scary because they just took right off. He got us into multiple locations and pretty much ate up all of our inventory, and um so then from there on, we were we were predominantly retail. And that was right when Facebook was starting to kind of come out and we were kind of figuring out how to do online sales and things like that. But 
predominantly started out with retail, which kind of goes back to the people would buy one and then it would work and they'd go back to the store and they'd buy 10 or 15 more. And so it, it, it worked really well. Yeah, I love that. So So what I want to talk about is how did you plan for that first 3000? And then how did you deal with growth after that first 3000? Because it sounds like, you know, you had this idea, you had this experience, you clearly had like, I mean, to be able to build, design, invent something that doesn't exist, and then articulate that to, you know, transcending to a new culture, going to China, figuring out manufacturing, which is very far away, right? Working through prototypes, bringing it together with a product that you could stand behind. Like that, I think most people who are listening are at that point, right? Like you are doing the thing that you're good at and you like, and that, you know, other people like, and then you kind of get stuck because you need a little bit of courage to make that first big investment, which is the 3000 water bottles. So how did you build up the courage to make that first purchase? Is there a story there? And then we're going to go into the next part, which I promise this is all going to like tie in together. But I think that your story is inspiring and I, I'd love to inspire some others today. So. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. So, yeah, when when it hit there, there was there was just no doubt that that's just what had to be and that it was going to happen. And um, it was right at the 2008 crash. It had just hit. I we had a sign company and it it hit a little later for us in Hawaii because people had already booked going on holiday out to the, the Hawaiian Islands. And so Hawaii kept the momentum going a little longer than the mainland did. But as hard as it got, unseen forces would just come to our aid. And when I heard that 3000 was the minimum order quantity and, and water bottles backed in just as they do today cost about $5 from the factory. So to come up with $15,000, it was, it was a, it was a lot, especially since the market had just hit. So we sold off the sign company and we, we just, you know, parted it out and got whatever we could. And we came up to like, like, 10 grand. It's like, oh shoot. Well, <laughs> uh, now what? So we sold everything we owned, everything that we had in, in Oahu. Uh, we sold it and got down to one suitcase each, my partner and I, and um, she and I moved, we, we came back to Bend and um, moved in with my mom. And after everything, we only had like 11 grand. And so I called the factory and I was like, you know, I'm sorry, I can't afford 3000. Could we get 1500? And, and the guy's like, yeah, sure. Nobody's going to even buy these silly things anyway. So I might as well give you a 1500 of them because, you know, it's either that or I get nothing from the scrap man. And I, and at that, it was, at that point, it was kind of like a challenge. It was almost like, oh yeah, watch this, you yeah. know, shoot, I hope I can sell these. But so we got the 1500 and that's when you know, they started to work and, and, and sure enough, they were insulated and sure enough, you could keep hot, hot and cold, cold and holy cow, this might be something. So we sold right through the 1500 and that was in, in big part because of the sales rep. And I remember he called and he was frantic. He's like, how many bottles do you have left? I'm like, 
you know, 300. He's like, okay, those are mine. How many are on the boat? Well, none, because we can't, you know, we haven't, well, okay, I need another 800. Oh, we don't have 800. He said, but you said you have 1500 more. I said, well, yeah, but those are in China. Okay. So, you know, 30 days, 45 days later, we got that second 1500. And by that time, as soon as they reached, they were already sold. And so, but we'd had enough kind of piggybacking money bootstrapped that we could order 10,000. So we got 10,000 in and those were sold, you know, pretty much the day that they got here. So we ordered 40,000, which was massive, long, long. I mean, 40,000, that's a lot of bloody money. And we just signed on 10,000 square foot warehouse. We just brought on employees. I mean, we were in it for the long haul and we got 40,000 bottles in. We got a full 40-foot shipping container, and the darn things were rusted and non-insulated. And my uh, partner, she took off and went back to Hawaii because things were tough. Our only employee had um, fired all of our staff. We had 14 day laborers to check to see if they were insulated or non-insulated. I was on the next flight back out to China to go find out what in the world happened. Yeah, which that's a whole nother um, interesting story. But um, I got home and I had I had nothing. I had no money. I had no employees. I had no partner. I had a five year lease on 10,000 square feet and I had 40,000 potentially arrested water bottles. And I was hungry to boot and I was starting to get a little hangry. So, um, yeah, that was that was a tough that was a tough spell. But got through it and and here we are <laughs> and and here we are so i want to talk a little bit about this like upward trajectory that has these roller coasters because if i feel like many of our listeners are going through this planning phase right now we're headed into a new year a new lease like maybe not literally a five-year lease, but you know, a new, maybe a new lease. I don't know. And you're, you're thinking like, okay, so last year I did the 3000 water bottles, you know, like now can I make the jump to the 40,000? Can I make that next big jump? Well, I suffered some setbacks. You know, if, if you're listening, COVID, uh, employee engagement, I mean, we can name all of these reasons why it's hard right now. Um, so, digging deep. And I think, I feel like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Travis, but remembering our why is really helpful, right? Remembering like, why did we start our company? Why was this our passion? Why did we want to make a living this way? Because mm -hmm. it's freaking hard sometimes. And you might be a little hangry, right? And using that why to like, I don't know, propel you into a new year. So um, did you have any like thing that any like trick, and then I have to pass you off to Michelle, but any trick that you did to help like dig deep from that 40,000 water ball part to get to that next phase? Absolutely. Yeah. Good question. When I got back from China with the whole 40,000 debacle, I was called into the bank and had to go talk to the banker, which to me was always like going to the principal's office, you know, it was like, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to leave in handcuffs or am I going to, you know, be in detention? Like what, what, what happens now? You know, and I, I was at the bank and our banker said, 
Travis, you have, and she had no idea about the 40,000 bottles. She had no idea that my partner left. She had no idea that the employees were gone. She had no idea about this five-year lease that I was indebted to. And all she knew is that our bank account was at zero. And so she called me in and she's like, Travis, you have no money. I was like, well, I know that. Like, why did I have to come here? We could have done this on the phone. What, what's, what's going on here? And she said, well, you know, y- y- you have this business. You have to have money to propel the business forward. I said, well, I've got 40,000 bottles. We're going to be fine. And she does the quick math on her calculator, 40,000 times $25. Okay, yeah, no problem. Have a great day. And I thought, shoot, I, this isn't going to be a great day. I don't know what's going to happen, you know. And, um, and she started crying and she told me how much the bottle meant to her that she felt better physically. Her husband was more attracted to her. Um, oh. and I was like, okay, I got one more day. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> wow. That banker. That's amazing. Um, okay. So finding our why doing the hard stuff, going to the principal's office. I love that. Um, and I just like, I want to leave with a parting comment. So we started at 3000 mm-hmm. water bottles by the time you exited, I think you were well over the million, the million water bottle mark, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I never did keep track of money or, or numbers. That's not my, I, I do not tally. That's well, not my thing. There, I, there are know, some articles that yeah. say, yes, at 2011, before yeah. you exited in 2012, you were well over a million bottles sold. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. You guys, yeah. I mean, you, you did it. You did the hard yeah. thing. And yeah. um, you're off to the next thing. And we could keep going about how you were selling them for $20 and then 25 <laughs> And now they sell for like 60 We We could go through all that math, but we're not going to because... Um, that was an inspiring origin story. And if you are sitting there with a very low bank account, or if you are feeling like it is hard and you just got 40,000 rusted water bottles, I'm going to tell you to keep going. Remember your why, maybe connect with somebody who you're making a difference for that can give you some inspiration like Travis did at the banker lady. And um, thank mm-hmm. you, Travis, for sharing your story. I'm going to pass you to Michelle, who's going to talk all about systems. Yay. Thank you, Travis. Um, My dad, who in addition to being a pastor, was actually a small pilot, airplane pilot as well. Um, And so I grew up watching him do lists and checklists. And, you know, before you go anywhere, you walk around the plane, you you check everything, and there's a a system to getting into an airplane, right? It's it's a risky endeavor. Um, And I'm looking at the website, and I love how it feels as if what you're doing now is checking and rechecking people's kind of work, right? To make sure that they can actually take off in their business. Would you call what you do now an incubator? Like, is that a fair statement? How do you, how would you kind of tell people what you're up to today? Yeah. Um, yeah. How did, uh, yes, I guess incubator is a very uh, fitting term for what I do. I, I help people at all stages, but I really prefer the, the startup um, you know, a, a funded startup, I should say, um, grow from little to a lot. And I do believe that there are methodical checklists. There are things mm-hmm. and systems and proven track records of successful businesses and endeavors and people that if you follow those blueprints, you know, the best you can, uh, you should have success, at least to some some extent. And 
I, I believe that if you ask and if you study those before you that have done the same or even better, mm -hmm. that you you will just inevitably move in that same direction. Yeah. So on the website, it talks about you develop products and you help people in this entire sort of, it looks very organized to me and I love organization. <laughs> this speaks to my heart, right? I love how you have the different phases. Can you walk us through kind of when you have a really good entrepreneur that comes to you, what is kind of the system that you put them through to see if they're going to be a fit for your company? And then do you reject people or do you reject ideas? I'm sure saying no is probably part of your business too. Um, tell us how that, what that looks like. Cause the yeses are really good, but sometimes I can imagine you probably get things that are coming through that are just not a fit for you. Right. So, y yes, you're very correct. <laughs> I, Zoom helps a lot actually, because I prefer to see people and I, I like to see their environment and their background and you know, the backdrop, I guess. Right. Like sure. I like to learn as much as I can face to face. And so I, I, so for this reason, I very much appreciate Zoom. In the early days, I was just happy to help everybody. Anybody who would call me, I would give them hours and hours and hours <laughs> and hours. And then I realized that I can only spend so many hours with so many people. And if I don't charge, then they don't get as much. It's the law of even exchange. Like if I give you something and you give me something that's a fair and even exchange, we're both going to get more out of it. If I give you something sure. for free, you're not going to appreciate it as much because you gave me nothing back. So as I started charging and as I just, you know, it's just time in the saddle, the more types <laughs> of people I met, you know, like with, with like hydroflask, well, with scuba diving, for instance, I needed mm -hmm. to know, on the deck who was going to panic underwater and who was not going to panic underwater. Mm. So I had a couple hour, two hours to watch and observe who's going to freak out and potentially kill themselves or kill other people and who's <laughs> going to be calm. And so I, I would kind of go through this mental checklist in my head. Okay. She's done this and this and this, and he's done this and this and this, and they've huh? said this and this and that. <laughs> and sure enough, he would freak out and she would be calm. And I'd be like, yep, I knew this was coming, but I had already been closer to him because I knew he was going to freak out. So it's just experience. And it's just, I, you know, I call it time in the saddle. Same thing yeah. with the Tumalo group. I would get people who would come in and they would, they would meet these certain criteria check lists that I had in my head and, and on mm -hmm. paper and they would work out. Like, wow, that, that's cool. Sometimes <laughs> they wouldn't work out. And it was like, okay, what did I miss here? And so now I'm, I'm very fortunate that I say no more than I say yes. In fact, yesterday yeah. I was talking to a potential client and I got off the, the, I got off the phone, but that's not really accurate. I got <laughs> off the Zoom. Is this what we The phone, yep. Yeah, I got off the, the computer and I was like, I just, I just like, that wasn't a reverse sell. I wasn't trying to not, you know, you know, a reverse sell where you sure. try to mm -hmm. pretend like you, you can't afford it, but you know that they will because you say they can't. I, I really just literally like unsold myself. And I don't know if the guy will ever call back or not, but it was, it was not best for him that he proceeded forward with me. I didn't, mm -hmm. he didn't have the necessary resources or abilities or capabilities. And even if he could afford it, it, it's still, I don't feel that it's best for him to afford it right now in his life with yeah. me. 
he may go to somebody else who may charge him more, may charge him less, may take his money and be very happy about that. I didn't feel comfortable. And so I, I, I really enjoy the fact that, you know, today I can sit here and say, I turn away more business than I, I bring in. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. What can we watch out for that you may be involved in that nobody knew you were involved in? Do you, can you tell people about things that you're kind of behind the scenes on, or is that something that you don't ever share? Like what's your policy on that? (laughs) Um, I really don't share much. I don't really talk about my clients or or what they do. If they want to talk about me, I let them, of course. But um, one thing I will talk about is is, uh, Sarah from Texas. She has a company called Boxed Wine, B-O-X-T, and it's a monthly wine subscription service. I was fortunate enough to meet Sarah. She's become a fairly good friend now, and, and I help her source the wooden boxes. And it's been a hell of a roller coaster watching her go from zero to she's got a tremendous following now. It's it's a it's a great company doing wonderful things. And so now we're kind of hopscotching all around the world looking to source these boxes for her, which is which is a lot of fun. I I, I love the sort of, you know, the Silk Road Orient and and doing the the trading Ooh. with those foreign lands. But I'm also very interested in Mexico and and going to spend some time down there right now. We have 12 inches of snow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, awesome. I If there's anything that our listeners can do, to, if they've got an idea of something really cool, um, what's the best sort of next step for them if they have a really good idea but they don't know what to do next what would you encourage people to do that are listening call travis honestly yeah. uh, <laughs> okay. I, I can imagine uh, you know as i've listened to your shows i can imagine that there are little widgets that would make people's lives yeah. better but i'll be damned if they just don't exist i can imagine that exactly. there's a pressure washer attachment or a gutter yep. cleaning mechanism that that somebody has jimmy rigged and they've made their own out of wood or metal (laughs) or plastic and they've kind of put it together and by golly it works a lot better they've showed their friends they've showed their colleagues and now everybody that they know is using this little doodad that they made this widget call Mm -hmm. me like get a well don't call first email me (laughs) but I, i these are the little things when people say why hasn't why haven't they made that? Well, yeah. you are the they. If you That's why right. haven't you made this? And it That's is right. it is a formula. It is a step by step. It's about I say it's about a four month process, give or take okay. with current situation. But I I really do believe that you know there's little tiny things that make people's lives easier or better. Mm-hmm that they just don't exist except for in your head or maybe on, you know, from your own workshop workbench. That's the kind of stuff I really like to do. And those are the things that can catch on like wildfire. And before you know it, you've sold 150,000 of them and, and it becomes a legit thing. That's so fun. Awesome. I love it. Well, what we'll do is put the link to your website, how to connect with you up on the show notes and then on our Facebook group. So thank you so much, Travis. That was super. And I'm going to pass you off to Martha. All right. Hey, Travis. Um, Yeah, you know, I speak every now and then at a local entrepreneur type of a group. And they always are like, how did you come up with the idea? And, 
you know, the things that I've done, which are very small in comparison to you, but start with, I wish there was a way, you know, and uh, that's how my software was born because I painstakingly was having to manipulate these numbers. And, you know, I kept saying, ah, I wish they were these reports. And anyway, but um, normally I talk to our guests about company culture and their people and all that. And I'm sure we could have a discussion over that. But, you know, Megan stole a little bit of my thunder because she, she started touching on it. But even before she said anything, I was thinking, you know, what Travis has done is what so many of us as business owners, entrepreneurs want to do is that why I don't want to call it an end goal because I mean, we have lots of goals and, uh, but I do believe people fantasize about doing exactly what they love. And I think that they fantasize about building their business so that they can do it. But I also see a real disconnect with people fantasizing and actually doing it. So can you speak to that? Like how, how you took your vision and like how early on were you thinking, I want to do exactly this, what you're doing now? Well, what I'm, yeah, good question. I think that, so after Hydro Flask, I, I, everything that I've done in my life is to pay for my addictions, which are typically travel. Yeah. I, I became a pilot in part because it, it again, I kind of received it word perfect. You're a pilot. Oh, okay. But it was great because it, as a pilot, I get to travel. As a boat captain, it's awesome because I get to travel. Even Hydro Flask, I was really scared that I wouldn't be able to travel. When when we had this big warehouse and, and, and I had an office, it freaked me out because I thought, I can't. I can't go in that little jail cell. There's no way I, they're not, you know, I, I won't, I'm a caged animal. I can't be in there. But then I was, you know, I was in the Orient. So often I'm out in New York at conferences and meetings and with the government down in Texas and out into the far sides of the world with our customers. Everything I've done is just to pay for my passion, which is travel. So after Hydro Flask, I just did what I do best, which is I just took off and, and went and lived in Europe and, and uh, well, the British uh, Britain in the UK and, um, and then traveled throughout. And it, even though that's a passion, my true calling has always been business. Mm -hmm. And so I had so many people asking me in my daily travels, I'd be in some little coffee shop somewhere and, I would, I'd think, man, if you would just change the sign and you would move it over there and you know, your line isn't working. If you'd move the queue over here and I'd think it was just constantly going through my head, how these businesses could just improve if they would just do a couple little things. And I remember one time I was in Italy at, at this restaurant and I was thinking, man, if they would just move the hostess stand over, it would be so much easier. And so <laughs> 
the hostess wasn't looking and I moved the stand and she came back and the stand wasn't there. She moved over and she stood at the stand and I'll be damned if the flow of traffic just didn't start working better. And I thought, yeah, I got to get back into this. And so I, I, um, I did. I just started the Tumalo group as an LLC to just kind of funnel through people and ideas and anything that any stage of growth that the companies are in. Um, I could, I could help facilitate that. Yeah. Did that answer your question? I felt like that was. No, it, it really does. And, uh, and I, I go, I, I went on a cruise and it was using their app and the same thing. I was like, this is just stupid. Why do we have to, you know, <laughs> you just can't help it. You can't help it. But uh, I, I, I find, I think that there's a, there's a lot of disconnect from the big corporations and the CEOs and the presidents and the owners of these big gas companies, they don't actually use the product. Like I was opening up a toolbox the other day and it had this plastic wrapper on it and you had to use a screwdriver to take it off and the plastic is shredding everywhere. And it was just a nuisance. And I thought the CEO doesn't use this. If he had used this, he would say, we have to change it. Every time I take a sticker, a mandatory sticker off of something, I think whoever's in charge doesn't actually use this product or else they would have changed the tackiness of this sticker. I mean, it's yeah. just little simple things. And so, yeah, right. yeah. a little soapbox speech. Yeah, it's got to be so cool watching other people achieve their dreams. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, and this may be one of your screening tools, whether you take them or not, but do you have to work with the people who come into your fold and, and get them to believe in themselves? Is that a real challenge? It is. Um, it is. Absolutely. I mean, we all have dark nights of the soul and, that's kind of part of what I do also is, you know, I'm definitely not a counselor, nor do I play one on TV, but there's a lot of business counseling. There's a lot of those, holy cow, what in the world am I doing? Two o'clock in the morning, they get freaked out because they've got payroll. They've got some big bill due the next day. Um, and, and that's, that's, it's, it's hindsight, it's retrospect, mm -hmm. but I get to help people through that. And, and, and sometimes I try not to laugh because, oh no, you're going to be fine. You know, but I, I can't, I can't explain that they're going to be okay to them. They just have to live through this and know that this is another notch on their belt for experience. And then, right. you know what, we can get through it now. We can get through it. It, it gets easier and easier the more you do it. Yeah. So a lot of times I just have to coach people through that first initial, oh my goodness, what's going on? And then it'll get easier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been a real pleasure. I mean, we could, we could talk forever. I'm sure you have some interesting, interesting stories. And I, you know, it was cool. Megan and I were up in a little town called Leavenworth, Washington, right before Christmas. And um, we, my, my daughter was buying a couple of hydro flasks for stocking presents and stuff, which are generous stocking presents. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, Megan said, Hey, 
did you know that we are having the founder of Hydroflax on uh, Fight Club? And I was like, no, uh, you know, <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Uh, but I love Leavenworth. Oh, man. The last time I was up at Leavenworth, it was interesting. We were, I was walking down the street with with uh, this guy I was working with and I just took my pick my phone out and I went like this and I took a picture of the sky and I and I didn't really think about it. And he says, what was that? I said, well, it's just a pretty sky. And we looked and there was three lights. Boom, boom, boom in it. And to this day, I look at that picture. and I think I don't know what else it could be. I like I don't know wow. what that is, but it's unidentified. So that's mm -hmm. when I think of Leavenworth, I think of that. Then the other cool <clears throat> thing I think about Leavenworth is I got this really cool Jack Sparrow hat from the hat shop there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's like a pirate hat that I can fold it to look like a pirate, but it also keeps the sun off my head. I love Leavenworth, yeah. Hopefully it was snowing <laughs> yeah, while you were there. Oh, it's my so gosh, beautiful. it was great. Yeah, yeah. great. All right, Tay, close us out. You got it. Well, we're going to do some homework right now, Travis. So you're more than welcome um, at the end to assign some homework yourself. Uh, we give this to our listeners just to make sure that they're being proactive and holding them accountable to what we discussed today. So reminder to the listeners, please make sure to only choose one piece of homework today. We're going to give you four to five pieces, and that can be very overwhelming for a week. So just choose one that spoke to you, and that way we can be able to really move the needle forward in your business. We also do have an accountability group that you can be, you can absolutely feel free to join that is on Facebook. So we'll throw the link in the comments here. So that way you have an opportunity to join that. Reach out to us for help if you have any questions. So marketing homework, I'm going to challenge you this week to find one way to guerrilla market because this is a great way to one, save a little bit of finances in the marketing department and two, actually be a little bit more proactive when you do approach seasons where you have dips. So grill marketing is a great way to fill in those gaps. And if you're doing it constantly, you'll actually start to see that these gaps get smaller in your business. So that's my challenge to you today. Look up a couple different ways that you can guerrilla market. We talked about a few different ways, t-shirts, uh, door hangers, there's Facebook groups. You can be able to, you know, put stuff anywhere and windows of cars like we discussed as well. So there's so many different tactics you can do for this. So choose one way to grill a market this week and continue to do it. Don't just do it for this week, but hold true to that throughout the whole year. So that way you have something that's constantly going for an affordable price. Awesome. I love it. Uh, and for your finance homework, I'm going to take it away from money for a second and take it back to feelings and have you go back <laughs> to your why. As you're headed into this new year, I want you to really think about why did you start your company? Why did you start your business? Why was this a passion of yours of how you wanted to spend your time and energy? Um, and I think when we go back to our why, it's a really grounding experience, but it can also be a really inspiring experience. It can help motivate us to get through some hard times. Um, and hopefully 2022 is not a hard year for you, but you will find energy by going back to your origin story um, and going back to your original mission. I think that that was a huge part for us as we did our goal setting exercises over the past month for Jeff Lights Clean Windows is to kind of see like how far we've come. And, um, and hopefully that will be an inspiration when you think about Travis's story 
uh, he was selling two sizes of water bottles um, at a farmer's market that is now a product that is sold in dozens of colors, I think hundreds of designs in many, many, many countries throughout the world. Mm -hmm. So um, going back to your why and your origin story can fuel you to the next phase of your business. So that's my challenge to you. And if you need some inspiration, uh, Simon Sinek has an awesome TED Talk called Start With Why, and I'll drop a link to that in the chat. Mm. Good stuff. And your systems homework. Um, if you are kind of like Travis, which I'm picking up on, and you're a reformer, you want to change things, or you have an idea about something that could change your business, or the businesses that you that you hang out with, your friends and, and influencers alike, please reach out to Travis. Um, I'm going to drop a link to his website. I love the fact that you're open for uh, taking on more clients, Travis, because we've got a ton of business owners that are listening that I think would absolutely benefit from some kind of widget that is in their mind and they need to get it out and, and get it to the market. So thank you so much for that. So that's your business, your systems homework, sorry, for this Okay, and your people homework, usually it's centered around culture and your employees, but this week your people homework is centered around you. And I want you, it's two part, I want you to think about what you were doing five years ago, how that felt, some metrics if you have it, and then what you're doing now, okay? And then I want you to project five years in the future. And like Megan said, we're kind of uh, tag teaming today, but I really want it to be, you know, revenue, whatever, great, but more about feelings. Like if you've got a lot of stress in your life and you're not doing exactly what you want to be doing, what is it that you want and then, you know, the in-between stages, identifying how you're going to get there. But I just want you to identify what that is. So, and Travis, if you want to give homework, great. If you don't, that's okay, too. <laughs> I, I just kept hearing, do good and be good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's good but, stuff. All right. Well, we always end with a quote, Travis. So let me do that now. And that's something that people can think about throughout the week until they see us next time, next Tuesday. And it is from Madam C.J. Walker, who was the first uh, self-made millionaire. And she was a woman and she was awesome. And she said, don't sit down and wait for the opportunities to come. Get up and make them. I thought that was very fitting for today. Thank you so much for joining us. It was really insightful. Right. And if you don't mind, I have a couple people I want to introduce you to. So look for an email from me personally. So thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank, thank you, you so, so much, so ladies. Much. Uh, it nice yeah. Nice to see you. This it was fun. so awesome. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> stay you. warm and bend. And everybody have a great day and keep fighting out there. Keep fighting. Go have fight. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Bye. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.